May I have your attention, please, for a very important announcement. You may realize that Blackcast number 350 is almost here. You will be able to watch Blackcast 350 this Friday, November 1st. You can tune into the Blackcast YouTube channel at 1 p.m. Pacific, and that is 4 Eastern. And don't forget about those folks in the Central Time. It's 3 p.m. But this will be one anniversary show that is as they say, for the ladies, with special in-studio guests Amy Cassandra Martinez, Zia Anderson, and Lindsay Floyd of the Dennis Miller Option. Plus, we'll of course have the Blackcast resident feminist, William J. Sterling. For more information and a link to watch live, or to watch anytime thereafter, go to blackcast.com. That, of course, is B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T dot com and of course at blackcast on twitter and the blackcast on facebook this is the blackcast a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world hosted by christian blatt his trusty co-hosts will sterling jeff duray and sometimes the lovely zia anderson and on this week's show the lovely alexa capiello So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blackcast. You know, we got a tremendous response to our episode where I sat down with my friend Alexa Cappiello. Yes, snappy, happy, cappy. And we talked about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But there were so many other things I wanted to ask you about. So I tricked you into coming into the studio. I told you there was a party here and there was free alcohol and uh, a catered buffet. There's none none of that. that. There's There's just you and and a plaid shirt. And a bottle of water that you brought yourself yeah and that's really all there is but there were a few things that i really wanted to talk to you about because one of the things that i know about you is that i'm very excited about this so after the series finale of legion we all went out and we did karaoke and i am a very enthusiastic performer but i am fully aware that i'm not a strong performer but it's like if you just he if, sells it though if he you really sell, does. It's, all you have to do yeah. is just if if you mean it you can't go up there and start singing and be like oh no like you can't have that look <laughs> and i've done that where i've picked the wrong song and i'm like uh-oh, I forgot about this part you know like, sometimes <laughs> you pick a song yeah. and you just want the chorus that happens to everyone yeah though. and you're like Oh no! So that's why I have like my like four like go to songs, you know. And uh, "Surrender" by Cheap Trick is usually one of them. The uh, "Bust a Move" by Young MC is the other. And uh, the the Humpty Dance by Digital Underground that's going to really depend on the crowd. And then one time ever I did uh, "Christmas in Hollis" by Run DMC, but that's exclusive to Christmas time. Can't do it out of season. You, you could. You no, could do anything you wanted I to do. I could, but I just I just don't I you know what? I don't want to disrespect the song in that way. Oh, okay. That's what it really comes down to. <laughs> but cuz the song cares, it has feelings. <laughs> I mean, you so you think that songs aren't people too? How dare you? What a what a narrow-minded view of the world you have. Uh, anyway, first of all, welcome back to the Blackcast oh, Lexicon. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Um, but you have gone a little further than that because not only did you do a tremendous job with, uh, did you do Four Non Blondes? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, that's right. And I didn't sing it like that though, guys, I promise. What if you did? <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> like like Audrey from Little Shop of Words. Yeah, or, or Edith Bunker, uh, you know, that yeah. you could be could do it to do it like that. But one of my favorite things that I've never seen yet, but it's my favorite thing about you that I don't, haven't quite witnessed is you. Have a 90s cover band. Oh. 
Oh I gosh. love that you have that. I was wondering where you were going. I know with this. that's why that's why I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're called the baby dolls, right? With a Z. And <laughs> I forgot that it was with a Z. <laughs> I did. I and I think I, I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I think we also capitalize and uncapitalize every single letter, like you would in oh, like AOL chat. Kind of love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, pretty yeah. great. Uh, you know, in between songs, maybe you could play that sound of like a new AOL instant message like window opening, <laughs> and then it's great. like, oh hey, here's our here's our new one. You've got mail. Uh, so I feel like look, I, so nostalgia is usually about 20 years before. So like I remember growing up in the 80s, like you know, the 60s was definitely there was a lot of nostalgia for the 60s. I mean, you, you had a show like The Wonder Years is the perfect example of that. That's the late 80s. But still, it's like, oh, yeah, everybody's always looking back to a simpler time because the world always gets so much worse yeah. that the 90s seemed like they were that, oh, my God, shit was crazy. I can't believe it. But then now you're like, oh, my God, if only. Yeah. If only we had the problems of the 90s. If only we were just like, are we going to survive Y2K? I don't think so. Yeah. You know? And so I feel like that has to that has to go over when they haven't done this band a lot of times. No, right? no. Yeah. We've only performed twice, but uh, yeah. I don't, we'll, but the big, we'll see. The big national tour is coming soon. <laughs> Potentially. But, yeah, uh, I, there's a boy cover band that has us open for them, and they are going to go on tour, and they might have us like open. I don't know. It was in talks. I'm not sure if that's actually right. a thing that's going to happen. Now, is it like a tour of like Southern California where it's like, we're going to be in Ontario today, and then Riverside tomorrow. I don't or, know the details that's of all right. it. You have an agent that handles all that? Uh, we just... Uh, Christian... <laughs> so, look, I'm just trying to... Uh, look, I just want to take 10%. We, we just decided last show that we would all wear plaid skirts and that would be our thing, okay? So right. that's how that's how gre that's how brand new we are in terms so, of... So that you're all wearing plaid skirts. Now, does the, the guy 90s band have sort of like a, a uniform, like something co in common? Are they like all dressed like in sync or... Uh, Frosted tips on I all of them. I think they all wear white shirts because oh. to harken back to Backstreet Boys. Sure, I think. All right, I think. I, all right, that's fine. But uh, you know, I think it's more important. Look, I think that uh, they could also go up like a bunch of slobs, and it's like, ah, they're guys. Yeah, you know? and they're like, we're gonna do like mostly grunge, but like two boy band songs. No, so they do all boy bands. All boy pretty bands. Pretty much. Yeah. Really. We were we were doing. I we also threw in some Alanis Morissette. I mean, I I was like, we're doing Alanis Morissette. And like, we're not. We're not. And just you and you only do. Bubble are you lead pop. on just some of the songs, or? Uh, well, I was the lead on that song. Um, and and it has to be "You Ought to Know," or yeah, it was yeah, "You okay. Ought to Know." Because um. if it, isn't it ironic, I would be like, "No, oh, really? <laughs> really? isn't it ironic that you did that song?" <laughs> but Don't for you karaoke, think? I also do um, "Hand in My Pocket" because I like it. That one's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that one. No, it's just well, isn't glad it, that you approve. Isn't it ironic? Is is it's just it's it's, it's like uh, but it's all these things that aren't ironic. Yeah, I know, I know. None it's of them's an, ironic. It's an annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, in general. Look, she's great. Yeah. She is. Yeah. And uh I don't know. There 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 aren't a, there weren't at least at that point there weren't a lot of enough angry women and then you had a few that followed up and then I think people thought Courtney Love was angry, but then it was just like, oh, she's just, she's just she's, crazy. She's just crazy. It just whacked out of her mind. It's like she was in a movie at one point. You know, she was in that Larry Flint movie, and she was great in it. But then you're like, I don't think she was acting. No. Like she was just like just out of her mind. What do you mean script? I didn't. I was just yelling at Woody Harrelson. Uh, so, what are some of your favorite songs from the '90s? Whether you do them karaoke, you do them in the in the live, but. Let me actually rephrase the question. Is there something that you haven't done with the band, but you would love to? That's you're just like aching mm -hmm. for to take out on tour with the babies mm -hmm. with a Z. <laughs> the babies with a Z. 
Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think I want to do, I think I want to do more uh, Atlantis, to be honest. I would love to do... Thank you, India. You want to do that one? <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Um, let's see. I don't know. There's so many... I think I've burned through my four Atlantis more. Missy references. Elliott from the 90s. I mean, that'd be great. That'd be so dope. Actually, one of my friends, her, her name is Cameron. She's uh, she's half black, so it's okay. She can't, <laughs> she can't oh, do it. So it's okay. You can be friends with her because... She... <laughs> no, no. I meant that she can, she can rap really well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'd be fun to do. Um Gosh, I don't know. You put me on the spot here. I think there's so many good songs in the 90s. Maybe some Christina. Genie in a Bottle? Yeah. Well, we did it. We did that one. Oh, you did that one. All right, yeah. That was fun. Yeah, and it's so funny to think like that's the same person that, well, you know, maybe not. There's a a point where I think that she peaked. Yes. No doubt. I totally forgot. No doubt. I would love to do some some classic. Just a Girl, Spiderwebs. Yeah. 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 All right. Stefani. Yeah, my uh, my wife is a big uh, no doubt Gwen Stefani fan, and uh, we saw her. Party. Yeah, we saw her uh, Vegas residency right around Christmas time, and it's like I knew her no doubt songs, and I kind of forgot. I'm like, oh yeah, but she has like ten pop songs too that I just I just don't think of. So yeah. it's like she's. Uh, I know she's very versatile. You would think because it's like you would think that like oh yeah she's this she's this woman who was in a, a ska band that went pop in the set in the nineties, and it's like oh yeah, but she also has you know like 10 number one songs you know so uh i think uh and she's also just got great stage presence so it'd she's probably awesome. be, be fun to be like her and she's italian so therefore i automatically stefani yeah, yeah. i italian. never thought about it so so that's it's okay so you can only you i can, can do only, it i can do it then <laughs> you can only sing a, a italian songs. so you obviously do a lot of sinatra yeah. you know in that there's something to be said for that because in do the right thing the pizza parlor that uh danny aiello owns there's only Italian Americans pictured on the wall, but it's in well, it's in Bed Stuy in Brooklyn. So they wanted to know, you know, the line from the movie is, "I there's no brothers on here," because it's like that's who's paying, you know, that's who's right. buying stuff. So you know, Spice Girls too, by the way. I mean, we did, um, you know, tell me what I want, want to be, want to be, want to be. Yeah, I wish one. I didn't know that, but uh, you know, th- there's this is this is the era that I still know pop music pretty well. The the '90s, it's a it's a little bit of a of a crossover for my wife and I. Like when we're listening to Sirius on the radio, the '90s station is the one where it's like, okay, it's gonna play the most amount of music that we both know. There's gonna be like songs from 1990 that she's like, yeah, I was seven, I don't know what this is. And I then there's gonna be stuff from 1999. I was like, uh, yeah, I was out of college. I I, I know like Blink 182 from from that period, and that's about it. In terms of karaoke, I also love Melissa Etheridge, but I know she's not. Come ever- to my window. Yes. Yeah. Come to my window, and then. And, um, what's the other one that I always do? Uh, the one where she's like, you... Oh, I forget the name of it. Have you ever heard her version of uh, Only the Good Die Young, the Billy Joel song? No! It's amazing. That's... I think it was done specifically for a Sirius XM town hall, so it's like you'd have to have heard it there. But also... She's like, got when... an incredible voice. Yeah. She's good stuff. She And she's still out there. She's still around, but you know, you don't hear that much about her. It's like it's almost like people have uh, forgotten a little bit about Melissa Etheridge, but... Uh... I know. She shouldn't be forgotten. I'm the only one. That's one. That's the one I love to Oh, say. yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. That's you know I think that's uh, one I was thinking of. Come to my window was sort of like the first really big one, but uh, yeah, that's that one. I I can see that being a good. Uh, oh yeah, it's fun to it's fun to to get up there. Just and just like, ah! chew, chew on the scenery on the stage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, we'll see there. See there you go. So, you know, 
like I said, a lot of my karaoke songs are also from the '90s. So, if, you know, if if we could host a karaoke '90s night somewhere, um, I would sing my two songs, and then you could do like eight or something. Okay, so. sounds good. All right, good enough. Uh, she also, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember what it was. But when she did MTV Unplugged, Melissa Etheridge. Uh, she wanted to do uh, Thunder Road, the Bruce Springsteen song. And, you know, she, like, mentioned that to his people or whatever. And then he's like, oh, I'll come sing it with you, which is, like, a pretty cool thing. Because awesome. she wasn't, like, huge at that point. She was big enough to get to be on MTV Unplugged. But uh, so I think she's definitely one of those people that a, a lot of uh, a lot of other musicians have respect for. And let's bring her back. Where is she? Like, is she still a lesbian? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does that? I was gonna say, does that change? But so the, no, I just remember when I was listening to her as a kid. My mom was in the car with me, and uh, you know, obviously, my mom loved her, and I was listening, to her and she was like, you know, you know, in this song, she's talking about a girl, and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, her her album, <laughs> you know? that album with all those songs, is yeah. called Yes I Am, <laughs> and that's what she's talking about. So I think she needs to come out with an album for you yeah. that's called Yes I, I Still, Still Am. am. <laughs> oh, cool. fun. Maybe, maybe one day I'll meet her and be like, yo, high five. <laughs> it's like, you still are, right? And she's like, why are you? And you're like, nope, just wanted to know. So anyway, so, all right. So the, the you know, the... It's fun to think back on the 90s, you know? Yeah. It's uh, Now, do you... What about other decades? Are there songs that you like, oh, you know what, I like this song from the 80s, or is there, like, something that maybe would surprise people? Like, you know what, this is one of my favorite songs, whether to sing or just listen to. Uh, I mean, I, I, do, I do also love the 80s, but I think that's also... That's a product of being brought up by, by two parents that were listening a lot to those songs, you right. know? My dad listened to a lot of Beatles and... Sure. and uh, older stuff and my mom was always listening to the current stuff and she had a lot of a lot of uh, uh, you know 90s 80s stuff and I don't know I love I love Phil Collins that, that Phil Collins people. is like very like not cool when you I think d- about him but then at the same time He's there's like some great incredibly bops. catchy songs um, I find I'm less averse to his like Genesis songs because I think that like Invisible Touch is a really mm-hmm. is a really catchy song but then he's got that one about like the homeless lady on the street. Uh, mm-hmm. It's called Another Day in Paradise, and I'm like, that's one of the worst songs I've ever heard because it's just <laughs> I like still like it. It's all right. It, it's not bad. It, he meant well with that song, but it's like there's a Christmas song a called there. Think twice. Have you ever seen the music video? It's just mm-hmm. as it's yeah. Just this is, there's a, there's a, yeah. It, it's like they like heard the lyrics and like okay, we're gonna get an old lady crossing the street. All right, what's the next line? Let's go ahead and get that. <laughs> so yeah, Phil Collins, very interesting. Yeah. That uh, sometimes I work out to that music. Really that crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So in the air tonight, do you do do you, like if you're on the treadmill, do you do the air drum? <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna say like you should you should film a video of that, but you know what? At the gym, they don't like you to run the video. No. So yeah, so you'll just you'll just have to you'll have to do a karaoke. Like, and if I was at the gym right now. <laughs> you can't see, but I did the uh, I did the air drums. Uh, so you don't only enjoy music from uh, Italian Americans. No, so, of yeah. So that, well, not. look, you know, you got to make sure. I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the strict. What's upper. your ethnicity? Blatt. There must be German, right? Uh, it's a good guess. It's actually Danish. Danish. Yeah, you only listen to Danish music. Yes. <laughs> 
I was gonna say Ava, and I'm like, wait, they're Swedish. I don't. I think that there's like a Danish like death metal band. There's not a lot of Danish music out there, but uh, no, 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 no. But uh, you know, my my parents were uh, pretty uh, pretty laid back and all this stuff. No, I, I mean, I like at a certain point, I just didn't like pop music anymore. But there's through the the like 1989 is like my sweet spot. I can tell you probably. Uh, not in order, but I could probably come up with what are all like what are the Billboard Hot 100 singles from that year because of just how much Top 40 I listened to. Z100 in New York, just for anybody that's listening, that's all right. I was just just checking it all out, and uh, you know when I decided I liked music that wasn't on the radio anymore, I I, I heard less. But it's like you really can't get away from it, you no. know, like music a song that you hate you probably hear more than a song you love you know like i most I, I hate most of the stuff that's out right now yeah i don't i don't know I don't what old town road is but i sure heard it a lot this year you know and i don't I, like country that's the thing right, I but that's not really but that's like rap country you know i don't yeah. even i don't even quite yeah country is the thing that I, I you know and i guess you have people cross over because like you know taylor swift's like you know i want to make some real money i'm gonna stop singing country songs so you know good for people that can figure that out but i, I think, think like overrated. the <laughs> what Most are, what, of my generation would disagree with that, but I think uh, right. Swifties, those are her people, right? Yeah. So they're gonna, you're gonna get so much hate mail because Swifties <laughs> love the black cast, and now oh, really? they hate no, okay. <laughs> they, they hate say. Snappy Cabby. It's funny because my my wife saw her at the Rose Bowl last year with a friend, and she had fun. She really liked it. Her friend that she went with, I guess she, uh, I guess Taylor Swift has a new album out now, and she was excited. And my wife's like, "Yeah, I heard the song." And she's like, yeah, but what about the album? Like, do you want to borrow it? She's like, no. She's like, I'll hear that song when it's on the radio too. You know, that's like and the level. That's the, le the yeah, point. That's the level of yourself. interest in music my wife has. It's so it's it's very different because like, like if I liked a band, I'm like, well, I need all twelve of their albums, and I'm, I'm going to get them all right now. You know, and she's just like, no, it's whatever. I know that one. Remember, yeah. speaking of nostalgia and you know, growing up in the '90s, I know you're older than me, but all right, I get it. I'm <laughs> older than you. Thanks. You had you definitely had a CD book, right? Where you yep. had a bunch of CDs and like. You take it everywhere with you. Yeah, it, would, we, it was always in my car. I, we didn't have iPods back in the day. Yeah, so now, now you sound old, so that's well, good. That makes me feel better <laughs> that you had, didn't have an iPod. The no skip. It was it was a crazy phenomenon when we could get a no skip Walkman. Like yeah. that was that was cool. Yeah. And then on top of that, when the iPod came out, we had all our music on one small little device. I mean, I think I took away some of the fun of it because I remember, you know, loving this album, being like, okay, uh, you know, you can borrow this if I can take this for a while, yeah. and then also burning your own little CDs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, burning CDs was fun. It, it it didn't have the same skill level and dedicate. It wasn't as personal as making mixtapes because, yes, it, you said it, I'm older. But mixtapes <laughs> mix were really hard forever. because it's like, so if you had a 90-minute tape, that's 45 minutes on each side. You had to plan out, like, what's going to fit on this first mm -hmm. side. And honestly, a tape, it, it always had a little bit more. So you always hoped. I wonder if there's an extra 30 seconds on there. And then when there wasn't, you're like, I can't have my song cut off. I gotta, you have to like, <laughs> you don't throw the tape away, but you're like, I gotta, I gotta come up with a different song to end on now. Or do I just have no song on the end and a minute and a half of silence? And it's a lot of work, you know, to time it out right. Whereas like when you did it for a CD, you're like, oh, this doesn't fit in the folder. Hmm, all right, I'll drag that one out. Now it all fits. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. So there's still, still personal. It's though. still personal because you're putting them in an order. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, in, in writing out the, the mixtape, I always feel like a mixtape is very personal, but it's, uh, I'm going to assume, in your life, did anybody ever make you a mixtape or was it just a mixed CD? Uh, not so much mixtapes, um, CDs, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, out there in Black Cast Nation, you can make Alexa a, a mixed 
tape, and then she won't be able to play it. I won't because but there's no way for me. To. I have uh, the one car that uh, my wife and I have. It's uh, from 1998. It's in very good shape. It was my father-in-law's. It has two things. It has a five CD changer. That's Yay. what you were talking about about when you had the book. It's like, oh man, I can have five CDs without having yep. to. Yeah, and then it also has a cassette player. Whoa. So I have. I still have a lot of cassettes. And I, I do have a cassette deck in my house, but it's in the back of the garage and not plugged in. So every once in a while when I'm in that car, I'm like, you know what? And it, and it has to be something that you're going to feel like, yeah, this is good to have on a cassette. I remember posting on Instagram when I was driving around for a whole week with Huey Lewis and the News Sports. That's the one with like uh, Heart of Rock and Roll. Like most of the Huey Lewis songs that people know are on that one. And then I had like some Billy Joel cassettes. I love Billy Joel. Uh, right. See, it, 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 is he Italian? No, he's Jewish. Is he really? Yes. Oh, he did have that big afro in the seventies. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just you liked him so much. I'm like, he must be a town. He's from New York, though. So of yeah, that's I like true. Him. Yeah, but but not Florida, New York. No. By the way, Florida, New York is a town right next to where I grew up. So that is a it's real place. Literally called Florida, New yeah, York. Yeah, I know. And yes, when you're for, actually from New York, you call it Florida, and people from Florida call it Florida. I know. And it's like it's like Oregon and Nevada and all those things. It's Florida. Yeah, yep, yeah. That's yep, how yep. that's how we say it. But yes, yeah, so but that town was called Florida, New York. For real, it's called mm -hmm. Florida, comma NY. Yeah. Seriously? Mm -hmm. It's it, the town I grew up in is green. Like, would would you like me to show you how to map? It's, honestly, I don't believe that this place actually exists. All right. Well, uh, let's. Wait, where in New York were you from again? Uh, it, well, and this is another pronunciation thing. Uh, I'm from Orange County, New York. But if you're from California, you're from Orange County. Yeah. And um, my my wife uh, thinks it's hysterical that that's how I say that word. But uh, that's all right. You know, we just Florida, New I, York. That's so crazy that right? that place actually exists. But it's like whatever Florida the state was named after. It's like the same like Duke or whatever, you know. I mean. See, that's another thing that I want to that bothers me is when you have a, a state, and then there's there's like a, a town in that state that is another state entirely. Have you ever have you ever witnessed that? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Welcome so that's to the village of Florida. Yeah, but it's, Florida, it's, New York. I see what you're. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Established 1760. Can they just make up their minds, or maybe I don't know, come up with new <laughs> names? Like that's so confusing. I'm not from Florida. I'm from Florida, New York. Well, that, I think that, that that's why people would say like, I'm from Florida, New York. You know, <laughs> and it's like my mom. I was like, just like, I'm from New York state like boom drop the mic <laughs> i'm not from the city you know and i'm like yes i'm civilized i'm not from the city so you know the city was a was a different place in, in the 80s before giuliani and disney came in and changed everything but so i don't even know exactly how we got onto that the florida new york you were talking about something but i was feverishly trying to find proof <laughs> that i didn't make up the fact that there is a florida new york and by the way if anybody listening is from florida new york or ever been there please well, you can't tweet because you're just not on Twitter or you just don't use it. I mean, I'm on it. But, like, don't tweet at Don't at you. You can if you want. I'm not sure if I'll see it. Yeah. But but if you <laughs> if you tweet her and me, uh, then we'll, we'll yeah, both I'm see Alexa it. Yeah, I'm Alexa Cappiello. Okay. Like my whole last not name. Not Cappy. Not Cappy. Yeah. I might change it, though, just because it's easier for people to type. C-A-P-P-Y. C-A-P-P-Y. But my whole last name is Cappiello. That right. means little hat in Italian. Oh, because yeah, like a cap is a hat. Yeah, it's a little capy yellow. That's adorable. No, just like me. Yes, <laughs> I had to consider. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> is she though? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes, because uh, you know, it's uh, you. 
you ha you bring the attitude, but you can back it up, uh, like m making fun of how I say Florida, New York, and Orange County. These are all just these are just words. That's fine. Um, anyway, there's another thing I want to talk to you about. I know you're like, what more? Oh Lord! And don't worry, we'll be done soon. Don't, this, this, like this, this is less painful than a dentist visit. It has to be. Although I don't know, maybe you have like you know you seem to have like good strong teeth, so it's probably it's not like when I go to the dentist, I have to take a day off of work. But anyway, uh, one of the other things that I know you do for your day job is something that I did. So I like to talk to people that I can I can relate to the idea of being a tour guide. Mm -hmm. Now your tour guide at Universal Studios, uh, I was going to say here in L.A., but one we're in North Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, gonna... they call it Hollywood, but it's really Universal City, and yeah. that you know it's basically uh, off of Studio City. Yeah, California. it should really be like Universal. Studios parentheses North and then Hollywood like yeah. right where the, the shirts say Universal Studios people Hollywood. get confused all the time they're like where's the Hollywood sign and I'm like uh, it's not here it's over the hill well they should have a fake one they do they oh definitely they do, do. Okay, great. so it's fine I mean they have the Bates Motel yeah yeah and the the airplane crash from War of the Worlds mm -hmm. uh, how jo long has it been since you've been oh it's been a long time do you want a free ticket I'll yes give you free t okay now do you is it just one tour guide or, the, or like do you ever work with uh, with our friend Elena like would you guys like be working in the same um, same tour so, group so uh, each tour so the way it works for anybody that's never been uh, basically we're on a tram yeah and a tram is full of at least a hundred something people yeah and we're in the front of the tram, and uh, the front car can see us, um, but everyone else has sees us on these little monitors, basically. And right. uh, then we also play media on there, like we play some clips of things that have shot in certain areas, and uh, we take them out. So that basically, what people don't realize about Universal Studios is that it's not just a theme park; it is a movie studio. In fact, it was a movie studio and television studio first. Right. Um, so we take them to the movie and television studio part on the tram. Uh, it's a, it's a route. Uh, it's a set route usually, unless it, something's closed because of filming or whatever. But we take them to see Back to the Future uh, sets. I mean, Courthouse Square, where they shot Back to the Future. I shouldn't say their sets, but it's where that is. And then War of the Worlds, where they shot that. And uh, Psycho House. Do they still have that. the Dr. Seuss land? Uh, they do. They have yeah. Whoville That's over there. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else? It sounds and there's like, the, there's like the western town. and yeah, it's like, and stuff like Texas, that. where they shot a lot of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. It all comes back around because yeah. that was our previous episode that was recorded on a very different day and not two different days over a long period of time. That was not, you know, that's how none of that happened. But yeah, no, and sometimes just because I worked on the Universal a lot, I worked on one of the Law and Order shows just in the writer's room. So like I would sometimes you just, you know, you'd borrow a golf cart, you'd drive around and you'd be like, oh, I've seen this. I've seen this a lot. And sometimes you'll recognize, uh, you know, you, you'll recognize, like the the clock tower from Back to the Future, I don't remember seeing that in other things. But then what was around it, I'm like, oh, I've definitely seen sort oh, of some yeah, of this other stuff. Oh, yeah, they get used all the time for other things, especially our, um, we have Metro sets, Metropolitan sets. Right. Uh, they, they're used all the time for commercials. They've been used for a lot of superhero movies. Um, and then what else? Oh, we also have, you know, <laughs> of course, you know, the average average uh, movie and television person comes and they get a little bored unless they have some 3D action. So sure. Yeah. We got we got King Kong 360 3D, which is actually dope. That's that's definitely new because I haven't seen that. Yeah, so. well, they used to have the old King Kong attraction right. over I there remember. with the animatronic King Kong, but that went down in a fire. 
Yeah, the fire, the where, fire of 2005. Like, where like master tapes were lost by a lot of recording artists, actually. Yep. And uh, We don't know. talk about that. That's actually a big... <laughs> People ask about that on the tour? Um, hey, where was the fire <laughs> that the uh, original masters for Nirvana's Nevermind and Appetite for Destruction burst into flames? Not so much people asking about oh. it, but it's just a... Well, I'm going to go on the tour just big, to ask. It's a big deal, and I don't know if you know, managers are like, just don't talk about the fire. I wouldn't talk about it because, yeah, you're, it's going it's to really cost thing. that company a lot of money the yeah. fact that uh th that people also like 10 years later are like wait what happened <laughs> but good things came out of it like spielberg redesigning the metropolitan sets that's to be cool. more hd and stuff like that's cool I is guess. Uh, is was the earthquake part of the tour or oh, was yeah, earthquake, earthquake a separate ride or no it is part of the tour okay and is that when you have to like so you have to like do some acting like oh no it's an earthquake i'm gonna hide oh, yeah, or something there's some acting but oh yeah jaws we also go oh, through yeah. um Cabot Cove is yeah. where they shot, um, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, murder. Murder, she wrote. Murder, she wrote. Murder, murder. Murder, she wrote. Which has a very uh, funny and uh, like very happy opening sequence for a show all about gruesome death, don't you think? Yeah, and it, it, the show was on for like 10 years, and she's always like traveling around. I think she's always in Maine, always visiting one of her nieces or nephews, and somebody gets murdered. And I would just be like, hey, Aunt Jessica, don't, yeah, Jessica, uh, Aunt Jessica, please don't come visit. I don't want any of my friends to die. So that's great that you're, you know, an accomplished uh, mystery writer. Yeah. And also Mrs. Potts <laughs> yep. from uh, from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, they Th shot Murder, She Wrote there, but it's where the Jaws attraction right. is. So, like, we drive through it and we are like, oh, no. Uh, there's a diver that gets pulled under and we see blood come up. And oh, we have yeah. to react to that. And then fire happens. And then the animatronic shark, whose name is Bruce, by right. the way, named after Steven Spielberg's lawyer and he comes up and he's like Marr. oh because lawyers are sharks <laughs> <laughs> I like it uh, so if there was a day where you had to react to the diver being pulled under the water but you just weren't feeling it. I'm not going to say you're hungover. Um, what would it sound like if you just weren't feeling it in that moment? Can you can you can you take us to that place? My friend it, Pete's out there right now doing one final sweep of the area. Oh, oh no, there's a sh there's a fin. Uh, is anyone going to tell Pete to get out of the Pete? Get out of the water. Swim towards the boat. Channel Michael Phelps. Do something. You could do a breaststroke, backstroke, butterfly stroke. Oh no, for Pete's sake. He got a lot. He got. He's got a lot of guts being out there, guys. There they are. Right. I love all of that. <laughs> it's like when you go on the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland and they hate the joke so much, and they're like, "He just wanted." I guess he just wanted to get ahead. You know, it's a guy with his head cut on, or yeah. like the, the, on the stake, yeah. and, and they're just like, they're like, "Oh, they're not even trying." I, I love that. So, and the reason I bring this up is I, I mentioned this in passing to you, and I have talked about it on the Blackcast before. But I was a tour guide at NBC in New York before they really spent a ton of money on what that experience was. It was ten dollars, and there, I think it was a max of. 10 to 12 people because it was what you could fit in the elevator. So it was just one of us. We take them around the studios. It's actually a pretty good tour that like if I was a kid, you know, not giving the tour, I would have like been interested. I would love to have seen this this studio for SNL. Uh, Conan was doing Late Night at the time. And there's Rosie O'Donnell and Dateline and stuff. So it was like, it was an interesting enough tour, but you know, you always had to say the same things. Mm -hmm. And we would say the same things all the time and you get tired of it. So 
we started like adding jokes for each other in there because the eventually like while I was there the tour groups got bigger so there'd be two or three sit down sit down <laughs> sit down that's become what most of our tours are these days it's I'm just sorry. that that's all right <laughs> uh, yeah because it's, this is a walking tour right, right you know and then every once in a while you would get like people that didn't speak any English yeah. at all and you're like oh no and uh, one one of my favorite times was uh, there was two and we would alternate we sometimes you would do the tour depending on the person it's like I'll do I'll do one studio you do the other. Other times it's like you do this whole tour, I'll do the next whole tour. And uh, there was a great guy named George from Greece. God bless him. His uh, accent was so thick. He, uh, you know, he was just given the the speech for every everything, and he was telling people information. And I answered one of the questions that somebody had that he didn't know the answer to. So then in my elevator, they're like, "Can you talk more?" And I'm like, oh, "I'm sorry, this is this is this is George's tour." <laughs> I'm on break right now. <laughs> Essentially, I was on break. Yeah, I was on the. Uh, I was on the. I've gone out 13 of the last 14 nights, uh, getting wasted in Hoboken, and then you know, dragging myself into the city in the morning. No, I am not speaking on this tour. Thank you very much. So, but what we would do when we were paired up for the bigger tours, we started adding things in to try and make each other laugh. And to think about it now, you're just like, well, this is this is NBC. This is the national broadcasting company. The same company you work for now. Because it's, what, Comcast, Universal, I don't know. Mm -hmm. They own everything. everything no, that, they don't. Everything that Disney doesn't own. Everything that Disney doesn't own, <laughs> yeah, yes, you're right. Now that Disney owns Fox, it's like, okay, then there's Universal. Right. One, and they're going to fight, and they're going to divide Sony right down the middle. That's probably what's going to happen. But anyway, so we, the first room you go into, you kind of talk about old-time radio and, like, sound effects. So there's like one of the like a like a door that you would like knock on and you'd open it and go you know you should show that this is how they would do like things foley? like foley yeah exactly well that's exactly what it is you talk about the foley stage and it was named for jack foley so my friend tom kelly who is also a past guest of the black cast uh and we've talked about this on here he would do things like his go-to was and it was designed by Jack Foley, who liked to be choked during sex. Now, what you would see here, and it was just like, who could get something in there without anybody reacting to it? Now, I think in 1999, you could get away with that. I don't know if in 2019. Can you get away with that in 1999? Well, I would, it, I would let me put it this way. Maybe. We did. So that's the that that's all I can say is that we did get away just to, with it. Just to test to see if people were listening. Yeah, because usually they weren't. Yeah, of course not. But you would get one or two. We're like, what? Yeah, I remember I uh, I took pride in my tours uh, because I f would think about it in the way of like if I was on this tour, I would want the person to at least Care. you don't have to give a hundred percent, but just give a, give enough where it's like you know tell me the stuff you're supposed to tell me. Just be like, yeah, you want to look around? Yeah, I don't know. They do a show here. All right, I'll be back in four. You yeah, know? no, you want somebody that'll give you at least yeah. <laughs> at least the info that you're looking for, yeah. and in a way that you don't want to shoot yourself. I mean, there is the opposite though. Christian, tell me more. Where you got tour guides that try way too hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> some might say that that was me, but I don't think that that was me. No, I just tried to give it. I just tried to. I, I would try to have fun though. Because we're on microphone on a tram though, mm. uh, we get some green guides every now and then. The ones oh, that tell are me bushy, more. bright eyed and bushy tailed, just ready to talk about that movie and television studio with everyone. <laughs> and oh, I got all my jokes in there and all that stuff, and just are loud, oh, really, yeah. really loud, and blow out everybody's ears, and are just like, ah, just crazy. It's just, it's. 
it happens every every tour guide class. We got a bunch of new ones that are just wow, way are, too much. Do they? Send, I would rather I would rather the opposite. Right. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, I would definitely. Now, do they send you around to break their spirit? Because I feel like you might be good at that. I'm just just a hunch. <laughs> wow, thanks. <laughs> no, I think it's just you know you're like it's a no, job. The company breaks, breaks their, their spirit. spirit. Yeah, that's any company time. by the way. That's that's not necessarily about your company. That's any company is going to yes. break your spirit at some point. Uh, one of the other things that just remembering my my same friend Tom Kelly. The there would be they would run them every fifteen minutes, and in the earlier days it was every half hour, so you didn't worry about running into other tours. But if it would be like a domino effect, if people were late, you started being so late that you would end up your people would miss something. So what Tom would do is he would walk into a studio, and it didn't matter how much time you'd been in there. It's just like you're in there too long, so he would just go in and like wrap it up. And <laughs> It's like people hated that, but the rest of us were just like, I'm like, oh, it's pretty funny, actually. I love that he was just like, all right. And you just you start bringing your people in and you sit them down and you're like, all right, thanks, everybody. And I don't know. It's like you you make, you get fun out of it because, I mean, when you're an NBC page, you can get assignments on shows. And people, some people got assignments really quickly. And I had like eight full months of like not getting an assignment on a show. And so all I did were I did tours, but you also, you know, you also seat people in the audiences and stuff. So I think I was a little burnt out at one point. So when I finally got an assignment, I worked on the Rosie O'Donnell show uh, during the day. But the best thing that I got to do is I worked on the 25th anniversary for Saturday Night Live, which was a really fun, just big event to be a part of something like that. But just giving the tours, you try to give people stuff, but sometimes just in making jokes, uh, I remember the only piece of hate mail I ever received was from uh, somebody, it was probably like a teenager, like maybe middle school age, and he was mad <laughs> because I made fun of the TV show ALF, which had been off the air for 10 years at this point. And he was young enough where I'm like, it's not in your lifetime, kid, why do you care? So like, you he, said that to him? No, 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 okay, no. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> no, I would have deserved it if I said that. But what I said was, because I remembered I read the letter. I still I saved the letter because a friend of mine worked in viewer relations and somehow it went there and she's like, oh, I got a letter for you. I'm like, oh, great. I can't wait. And I, I have it somewhere. It's not framed, but it should be. And, you know, he, I guess he wanted his question to be answered seriously. But, you know, he's just like, why did why did you cancel Alf? First of all, I didn't cancel Alf. You know, all, he's asking what fault. yeah. I loved Alf when I was a kid. We talked we talked about Alf very recently on the Blackcast. So it's a, it's it's a show that of a certain age it didn't matter. It was pretty dopey. It was it was fun. And so he asked and I was just like uh because it was terrible, nobody watched it. Next question. You know, and that's it's like that's that's not that bad. I would say that I that's mean, not that bad. I mean, it's not. It's not great, Christian. No, I wouldn't. I'm, I wouldn't want somebody to talk to my kid that way. I get it. Because but, it's bad. Next question. Yeah. Like, what? Dumb question. No, I didn't say that. I just said the show sucked. Oh you know? my goodness. What? I mean. Honestly, that wasn't the greatest thing to say, but the fact that that kid was so offended that, that he wrote he a went letter home. Yep. Got way, a piece of paper. Handwritten. Handwritten. Wrote a letter, and then. Took the time to mail that yeah. letter. A stamp was probably twenty five cents back crazy. then. Crazy. Do you think all the 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 haters on the internet would be able to do something like that no. these days? I don't think so. No, but that takes a certain am amount of energy and and true hatred. <laughs> so you think he's justified in hating me, but that's because you don't like me. So you see, yeah, I think people listening might like me a little more than you do. So they <laughs> maybe people are, are are going to be I don't know a little bit more uh, on my side now. I feel like the way that your tour is, do you, 
do you ever have like not even like huge names, but do you ever have famous people that are like taking you know like their family on the the tram yeah, ride? Yeah. So I I forgot to tie this back into you asked if how Elena and I would be would oh, yeah. we be able to do tours together, and um, so there are the regular tour guides on the trams, and then there are the VIP tour guides, mm-hmm. which I I was one for a while, but it's um. But you got on probation, no, and no, uh, you no. almost got kicked off the force. No, you had to no, turn in no, your no. badge and your gun. No, 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 no. no, okay. no. It's just it's a lot. It's a lot more work. I'm not even talking about the movie studio aspect. I'm talking about the, the theme park aspect of it. Right. Basically, long story short, you take around VIP guests. So yeah. these guests are, are paying at least $400 yeah. or more per ticket. And they get a longer tour. And they also get to visit a, an actual set if it's open mm-hmm. uh, in a sound stage as well. And um, they also get an amazing lunch, and they also get that tour guide takes them around to like uh, attractions in the theme park, and they they, they basically uh, make their itinerary for them so that they don't have to think about anything. And they're also glorified bag holders and yeah. ch- child watchers at times. So uh, they we basically put two VIP tour groups together on a, on a little trolley. So say Elaine and I are doing a VIP tour together, which we have. Um, I take half the tour and she takes the other half. Okay. Um, but to answer your question, uh, do famous people come and take the tour? Yeah, Justin Bieber comes every year to do a VIP tour. The Biebs. Uh Ariana Grande has done it. A few, uh, quite a few other, uh, hmm. Halle Berry um, and her family. Uh, a lot of famous... Uh, sports people sure <laughs> come and do it yeah yeah there's people so the people happen, that yeah. have that have the money to drop and they don't want to be you know around all i mean you're going to be in the theme park with the guests anyway but if you're a true if you are like somebody that will be mobbed like emma watson who was yeah. there pretty recently you're going to be taken around privately and probably, so you don't think she should just walk into harry potter world and just <laughs> be like anybody want to take a picture yeah i no, don't that's think that not would be yeah, you're, great you're probably for her, right. but yeah yeah well we would do those at nbc too and it's usually like you'd be sitting in the seats where the audience sits and you just get to look but the vip tours you'd be down on the studio floor you take as many pictures as you want yeah. which it's usually like you cannot take pictures it's a big deal and the, you know i mean there's there's i don't know i guess there's like copyright reasons or whatever but i think that you just didn't want it but when you're vips you pay enough money you take a picture anything you want yeah, whatever you want <laughs> some of my favorite things would be like we would have these tour groups and when you'd be on certain floors you'd run into like local news anchors so wnbc channel 4 in new york and they would be like oh god tourists and this is not something i ever said but it's like Nobody knows who you are, dummy. You're on a, a you're, yeah, it's New York. It's the biggest uh, market, but none of these people know who you are. These are all tourists. No one knows who you are. It's fine because they're always like, they just couldn't believe like, oh, there's actual like people around. I can't believe that uh, I, I have to be near them. But oh, my yeah. celeb- we get people like that too. Oh, you do? They're like, uh, wait, so we have to like wait in these express lines with people that only pay for express tickets? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. We have to hold on. We have to wait with the regular guests. Yeah. Excuse me. And and even like walk through the park with that. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes, you would, I'm sorry. And like <laughs> NBC, NBC, like you would get that a lot for the shows. People would be like, I'm sorry, I have to wait in this line. And there was like a section for VIPs that was like a little bit different. But it's like, yeah, you do. And especially like for SNL, it's like, yeah, nobody's going in until. Uh, until it's like they're actually like ready you know it's like you, it doesn't matter who you are and those would be some pretty big people like seating audiences at SNL there are let's see if I know this 38 seats it's all there is on the floor so if you've ever seen the show they're actually swivel chairs so you can turn and like oh there's a set here 
or there's a set there. And it doesn't matter who that seat is for. If it's like 1125, shows at 1130, and they're not there, it doesn't It could say Mick Jagger, and you have to fill that seat. So you have to like run and find somebody. And so usually I would like find like a friend that I'd gotten in the audience, and I'd be like, you have to come with me right now. And they'd be like, wait, what's wrong? I'm like, don't worry. And then they'd be like sitting in the front row for the That's show. That's amazing. Yeah. But so hold on. I uh, So I've seen, obviously, I've seen um, the setup for uh, multi-can comedies, uh, yeah. like, like say Will and Grace or something like yeah, that. Sure. And basically just the fourth wall is gone and every single um, yeah. you know, like room is right next to each other. But for Saturday Night Live, so it Saturday Night like the audience is right in the middle. Well, that's just those 38 seats. So the, the, the overall, I believe there's 250 seats, which 20 years later still sticks with me. And those are like the bleacher style like you would have for a sitcom. And so then there's all the different sets. They do move them around. But where the hosts do the monologue is is a set spot. They call it home base. Right next to it is where the bands play. And a lot of sketches will happen in those spots. You know, they'll just like put down a backdrop and then, you know, a couple of chairs or something. Like they do the the fake news. They do weekend update like that. They'll do a lot of stuff on the on that set. Do they stop right and start? If it's if a joke doesn't land, do they stop and they just No, keep going? because like and that that's the kind of stuff that people would ask that I'm just like, yeah, it's a valid question. No, it is because it's it's Saturday Night Live. It's live. That's a show you can't. And so it's like, yeah, if something goes wrong, it goes like that, you know? And they do a dress rehearsal at 8 o'clock. So that, I think it's like, oh, wait, this didn't really go right. So then they might try and, like, figure out a way to do it, maybe do something over. But even that, they usually run through it. So, but you do run into that same level of VIP. And I have only one VIP tour story, but I, I did want to share it with you. And it was someone who was not particularly famous at that time. I I knew who she was because she, I overheard what she was talking about. And she was going on about how she was in uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, which was on uh, Broadway at the time. Mm, I know and who she is. You know who she is. <laughs> and she was talking about how she hates when people recognize her. And I'm like, I'm like nobody knows who you are. But she talked through my entire tour to her friend. Oh. And I, I so each studio, she I just. She has a very interesting, like, very yeah, she loud does. voice. <laughs> and so I just kept get, being so much louder and, and just like the whole point was to make sure that her friend couldn't hear her and I was like shouting at people and I don't think they knew why but yeah so that is why to this day I hate Kristen Chenoweth I don't care what she does it does not matter what she does it's like people be like she oh, is isn't rude. she rude this is incredibly rude it's like like if you're doing your good man Charlie Brown which is the only thing people knew you from at that point idiot do you want me to stand there and like talk during the show I would never do that I you know so it's just like why do you think you can talk during the tour mm -hmm. it, it, and that's like I don't know how it is now but you, we didn't show them videos or anything we talked the whole time you know it's not like oh watch this video and okay and then we'll, you can talk during the video I don't care about that but so I uh, yeah so I take that very personally and there's a lot of things I don't back to down the grave. on there's things that you know you can rethink people and be like ah they're alright no I will never think better of her for that. So Aww. if you, anybody listening is a huge fan, I hate you. No, that's not true. Her but, career has been fun, and I like following that. But if she was rude, <coughs> yeah. and I don't really condone To be that. fair, I did really like uh, the show Pushing Daisies that she was on. And I didn't like not watch it because she was on it, but I didn't like her character. Mm. So, you know, it's that simple. And, yeah, it's, it's a voice that just sticks with you. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, Alexa, did we learn anything? Did we talk about anything of consequence? I think we learned a lot about you. I think that's very important. I think people want to know more about you. Do they? Yeah, that's why they, they follow uh, Alexa Cappy, not Happy Snappy Cappy. He likes to call me Happy Snappy Cappy Wappy Cappy. Trappy? <laughs> Trappy. <laughs> that's how you got here. It was a trappy for Happy Cappy. And no. so I, uh, yeah, look, I just I just miss being able to talk to you every week because uh, as we alluded to, we did the Legion after show. And I, I had never seen you, I never talked to you before that yeah it's just true. that first show i was like whatever new people actually i think elena i had talked to before but uh like once you know so i didn't know but any- she wasn't there that episode oh that's that right we met e- that's we met right and it was like hey everybody i'm in charge yeah i'm gonna tell you how it is no, no I-, I was i was appreciative i mean you had your laptop out right. and you knew exactly what you were gonna say and everything that was great and but was to like- be fair i was watching porn on it now it was soft <laughs> soft core porn soft core porn but it was still porn you know that's the only that's the only thing could get daddy, me going daddy david porn <laughs> Everybody uh, listening is not going to understand what these references. Daddy, Daddy David, yeah. Well, that, uh, if you didn't Legion. watch, if you didn't watch Legion, it's a unique show that my wife gave up on because she hated it so much. But there are those of us who really liked the show, and uh, it's it's the single most unique superhero property that I think we'll ever see. I don't think we'll ever see anything that's quite as weird as that. No. But, and if we do, I'm going to love that show too, probably. But a much more mainstream show that I think a lot of people did enjoy is something that I want to make sure I talk to you about before we run out of time is the X-Men animated series, which I look at as kind of like the gateway drug to superheroes. And I also think that you would never have gotten an X-Men movie if that show hadn't been as well received. Uh, I know you have a a, a sweet t-shirt from that era (laughs) that people will see as the thumbnail for this episode. But uh, I always like to know people's experience with those characters. Is that the first time you found the X-Men was on Saturday mornings? Yeah, Saturday mornings. I was uh, a kid drinking my my Manalea juice. Uh, like, honestly, it was a specific kind of juice. That, was that was your sugar. X-Men juice? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was basically Because you thought sugar. that it would turn you into a mutant? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anyway, I would, I would watch... Um, you know, Looney Tunes and um, plenty of other cartoons, but I loved watching the X-Men and the 90s cartoon was where it was at. I mean, it is, I think, some of the some of the best X-Men uh, entertainment of all time. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, they took stories directly from the comics. Of and, course, uh, of course. As, as I've pointed out, their adapt- adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga is the uh, best one we've ever gotten on screen. It's sadly, the, one sadly, of three. yes. <laughs> and uh, they, did ha- they did give a story by credit to the comic book writer, Chris Claremont, because it was so close. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you don't really see that when right. people's work is adapted. You don't give them credit. You know? <laughs> Maybe every once in a while they're like, a thank you at the end with like 50 people but yeah it was uh i don't know i just thought it was such a it was such a great show because really before that cartoons with superheroes didn't feel like the comics at all like it was like the super friends and i talked many times about how i loved this show spider-man and his amazing friends but it, was, it wasn't anything like the comics it was just it was well, very what goofy about batman? Was, well that's what i was gonna say so that then you get into the era of like 1992 where you have batman the animated series you have x-men animated series and a little bit later you get the spider-man animated series mm-hmm. people uh kind of forget there was a superman animated series at the same time so you had this approach of like hey what if we make a show for kids but uh, just hear me out what if it wasn't crap? What? <laughs> That's obscene. Kids kids love crap. They like Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo and a pup named Scooby-Doo. They don't want anything good. And I thought uh, just giving them something good was like, oh, hey, that worked. Yeah. You know? And 
I don't know. What I would say? be remiss if I did not mention uh, that's when I discovered my love love for Rogue as a character mm-hmm. uh, when I was a young child. And I didn't grow up in the South. I grew up in Florida. But you Isn't know, that the South? I mean, yeah. But to it's, to it's people, like, from, it's like to people from the North, like me, <laughs> that, that is the South. It's like fake South. And the yeah. more Southern you go in Florida, the more Northern you get. It's a little Yeah, because Miami isn't very South. No. It's yeah, not. it's definitely not. But anyway, uh, Rogue. Um, I was introduced to her as a character, and I love the premise of her character. I loved her, her sassiness. And, oh, and she was sassy. And she was. And she was awesome and brunette just like me. And then also her relationship to Gambit or with Gambit. Was that she couldn't Gambit. touch him? Well, yeah, but at the same time, they're like rapport. They're, they're sparring back and forth the way they would flirt. Will they, won't they get together? I mean, I just. Yeah, I just because if they get so together, if it. they get together, she'll kill him, basically. Yeah, basically that. Yeah, you know, uh, in the comics recently, I think everything gets undone, but uh, they actually got married. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's so it was good for them. Good. Yeah, uh, Kitty Pride and Colossus were supposed to get married, and she's like, mm, no, I don't love them. So <laughs> they were like, well, there's everybody here for a wedding. Why don't we do this? So yeah. they got married, and Aww. that's that's always fun, you know. I yeah. mean, it's who cares, you know? It's just fun to see stuff like that. Uh, so I I think that uh, yeah, the characters really stood out. It was just sort of an interesting time because the characters on that series are basically the uh, the the characters from the comics at that time. You know, there's a there's a pilot that's from a few episodes earlier, and uh, it, you would have had like Nightcrawler, you would have had Colossus, you would have had Kitty Pryde, you would have had all these different characters. But then by the time the show came on, it's like, well, we got all these. So uh, Gambit had really taken off at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm still waiting for uh, the Gambit movie. No, that, uh, no, I just don't want. Well, I don't it's want not Channing be, Tatum. It's, no, it's not that. It's that's not going to happen. Because <laughs> the only the only Gambit we've seen is that guy from Friday Night Lights, uh, Taylor Kitsch, and it was terrible. I know, but and like, then we also had a bad Deadpool in that movie, yeah, you know? Did. So we got the good Deadpool, so why don't we get the good Gambit at some point? I agree. Well, we're going to start the lobbying for it right here. <laughs> now, uh, And cast me as Rogue. Okay, right, great, exactly. Great, great, great. Now, uh, <laughs> you know, it is uh, it is uh, basically Halloween is upon us, so we are in the midst of the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, I don't know, is it stalking your Instagram if I'm doing it as research because I'm going to talk to you for a show? You're fine, go ahead. Yeah, I think, I think it's fine. Stalk away. So, so uh, first of all, this year uh, is, is a great uh, Where in the World yes, is... Yes, Carmen Sandiego. Right, but mm-hmm. Alexa Capiello would fit in the song too, right, I think. Right, right. So it was like... Where in the world is... Alexa Capiel. I mean, I I'm, just feel like there's too many syllables. I there. feel like I feel like Rockapella <laughs> could make it work if they needed to. Uh, so I thought uh, that was a good one. And then I've seen. Uh, and then you had past costumes because yes. I guess you were Wonder Woman a couple years yes, ago. Yes, I was. So that that was a nice one. And then you know you scroll through Instagram and you see just other cosplay that you've done. Mm-hmm. I saw a Black Cat. Yeah, Black now, Cat. Now, do you did you just like the costume or do you know that character from Spider-Man? Of course I know the character. My two favorite Marvel uh, franchises are uh, X-Men and Spider-Man. So, of course I know who Black Cat is. Well, she's not, uh, you know. Felicia she's, Hardy. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, Hardy. I mean, I wasn't even going to ask you that. You know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that. What are you, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, what my nerd cred? Are you making me like. I, I, ju- I just, <laughs> it's not somebody that, you know, it, it's Prove a character yourself. we've Prove been promised. Worth. It's a character we've been promised on the big screen that we haven't gotten. I know because we get plenty of, uh, you know, renditions of um, Catwoman and she's yeah. fine and all, but she's basically Felicia Hardy. My favorite thing about Felicia, well, Felicia Hardy, Hardy is, basically is that she loves Spider-Man, but hates Peter Parker. 
Yeah. Like he does the big reveal of like, oh, I just want you to know who I am. And she's like, put that mask back on. <laughs> I don't want to see that guy ever again. That's like when I started reading comics, he was dating, he was dating Black Cat. So right. that's, so I always have a soft spot for her. This is before Mary Jane came back into town. He's like, oh, right. Didn't I want to marry her? <laughs> so he said, of course, bye Felicia. Bye Felicia. Uh, I was very proud that I just thought of that. <laughs> Imagine if I had just done the whole segment of like, I just want to really say bye Felicia to the Black Cat. But <laughs> So her character was in the second Andrew Garfield uh, Spider-Man movie. So you like to think we would have gotten her if there was a third one. But as we've talked about, you don't see sequels. So maybe you wouldn't have. So you don't like sequels. You oh, see them eventually. that's not true. I know. I like to say that you. I know. It's more fun <laughs> to say it the way I say it. There are sequels that are good. But, you know, I don't know. Uh I mean, what you asking? Are you asking if I want to see Felicia Hardy on screen again in a better way? Well, I mean, we Absolutely. haven't had her yet. We still haven't had her as Black Cat, you know? Right. So uh, if you had to be cast, uh, could you play both her and Rogue? Or do you feel like, you know, just completely uh, I mean, you'd get typecast? I mean, it would be difficult, but I think <laughs> I would be able to do it at the end of the day. If they asked you, they're like, look, I know I've got you for uh, Rogue I, already. I'd be like, all right. I guess I guess I, guess, I, guess, I, I guess I can do both. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you ever, when it is Halloween season and uh, you do throw yourself into the costumes, do you ever feel like, uh, have there been Halloweens where you're like, I need to have multiple costumes because I'm going to you know, see different people, you know, see some of the same people in a few places, and I don't want to go from party to party with the same costume? I do feel that pressure, and I, I only have two costumes this year. One I debuted, at, we already talked about, at Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. And the other one, I don't know if I should spoil it. Should I? I don't care. I, I think so. I mean, people will find it on, on your Twitter yeah, eventually. Sure I mean, will. sorry, your Instagram. I'll be posting it on Tuesday. Uh, but uh, it's uh, I'm going to be Sharon Tate from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, so that's great. So no shoes. <laughs> no, no. You're going to put so, your feet up on everything. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so her in that outfit and the. In that's a good outfit. Yeah, I think so, so too. So, did you. Uh, so, how hard was it to find an outfit that matches the one that she had in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Honestly, not that hard. However, that was the hardest thing I had to find this year. The hardest thing I had to find for my costumes this year was a plain white flared skirt. Oh. I could not find that. Anywhere, and I mean, look, I, I think there's a lot of places that you could live where it'd be hard to find it. But you figure in Los Angeles, look for one of the shows I do, uh, I, Marvel Movie News on Thursdays. I was J. Jonah Jameson, and I had some of the items, and I needed. I'm like, but I, what I really need is a vest because I don't, I don't have a suit vest. Mm -hmm. You know, I needed a gray one, and I went around uh, in Burbank, not far from here. I went to, I think, four thrift stores, antique stores. I don't know. They're, they're, some of them are different. And uh, I found one that I got for, I ended up getting it for like $6. You nice. know? It's just because like, I'm like, I'm going to find it. It's right. just, it's a matter of, you know, and so the fact that you didn't find it is what, that's the point. It's that crazy, I'm isn't it? Yeah. I went to thrift stores. I went everywhere and then eventually just succumbed to the online world and I'm like, all right, it's running out of time. So let's express delivery. Yeah. To <laughs> Yeah, there's here. a lot of that. Gosh darn it. That's the last thing I need. Uh, but you would think finding like a red trench coat or the hat that Carmen Sandiego would have yeah. worn is, a, no, not as difficult as finding well, a 
white skirt, plain white. <laughs> well, uh, one other uh, final piece of business is that uh, as we're sitting here right now, we have yet to do it, but uh, by the time people hear this, they'll be able to find a very special episode of Anatomy of a Movie over on the Popcorn Talk Network. You can find that on YouTube and iTunes that we're doing, which is a fun idea that we threw back and forth for what seems like months, I but uh, it was a little, it took a little while. I know. But it's, uh, I, I love this idea. It's, uh, I think that the, the title is basically, you haven't seen Taxi Driver. And neither of us had seen Taxi Driver. And I think that'll be fun. And if people have seen Taxi Driver, then they'll be like, you dummies, why didn't you see it? And, right. And that's know. fine. We understand. Yeah. These are these are movies we know yeah. we should have seen and I earlier. Think the, as we go through and we do the first ones, there'll be ones that we both didn't see. But then I, I want the ones where I'm judging you. Like, I think you had Lawrence no, of Arabia on there. I'm looking forward to judging you. Well, then you have some. Yeah. <laughs> but then the one that, that just shocks me is... Last name Capiello, I one know. can assume. Hondo, Hondo P. Italian, and yeah, I have not seen um, Good, well, Goodfellas. Fellas, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I would, put the, <laughs> I would put that before shame. so many other. Shame. <laughs> I'm doing the shame bell. I know. From, uh, Gl- and Game usually I have right a bell now. when I do the show, but I didn't know you were going to invoke the shame bell. <laughs> I get it. But hey, you know what? At least I recognize and I'm yeah. making well, an I think that's to the go. fun. And I think that that would that attracts people. And, you know, we were talking with. Jeff Graham here at AfterBuzz uh, that we were doing the show and they're like, oh, you know what? I haven't seen it either. So we're not alone. I know. These are some of the best movies of all time and we sort of sort of forget about them because there's always new content coming out. So it's good to revisit. Figure it out. <laughs> Your oh, Siri started. Siri. I don't know exactly what you said. <laughs> the, the worst thing about Siri is that you don't have to push the button for her to turn on. Right. And if I say Sirius XM, a lot of times she just hears the beginning part. And she's, you know, she's going to start, she just starts chatting with me. Right. And I, I don't like her. I don't want to talk <laughs> to her. Thank you, Siri. Yeah. Um, I'm a little bit more of an Alexa man. Thank you. Oh, See, no. I know that would annoy you. That's no. why it's the only reason I said it. Oh, Look, I wouldn't have gotten to that if your uh, Siri didn't start chatting. <laughs> Fine, Christian, fine. Well, anyway, Alexa, we will have to watch Reservoir Dogs. We'll figure some things out. Okay. But, uh, you know, and then before you know it, Barry will be back, and I'm going to edge my way onto you that should. panel. Please do. Mostly because I don't want to pay for HBO, but also because I get to hang out with you. No, but, and it's an amazing show, and yeah. we would have some good conversations about it. I think so. But we had a great conversation we today. We sure did. And people can follow you at Alexa Cappy. C-A-P-P-Y. And then if they want to follow you on Twitter and be ignored... That's at Alexa Capiello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you want to follow me, I will not ignore you. I am desperate for your attention. So I won't you can ignore follow- you. No, no, no. Anyway. I'm talking to the audience. You, you. No, I'll, I'll just keep badgering you and be like, no, "What I'm about this? To the audience. Wasn't this funny? Do you think this is funny? Is this a good? Is this a funny article about Brad Pitt making mac and cheese?" Uh, but the audience can follow me at Christian DMZ. And hey, if you found this because you're a happy Cappy fan. Welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Come back next week. It'll be nothing like this and you'll hate it. But still, you know, I appreciate uh, people checking it out. And you can find me at Christian DMZ, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, you can like The Blackcast on Facebook, blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, and at Blackcast on Twitter and Instagram. That's all the time we have now. There's no more time. No more. But we will see you next time on The Blackcast. Blackcast.